I can walk out of this office at the end of the day with a smile on my face and I can know exactly which strengths I was living in mm-hmm. today to make me feel good. And when you know that, you will never settle for less than that again. This is the Happen to Your Career podcast with Scott Anthony Barlow. We hope you stop doing work that doesn't fit you. Figure out what does and make it happen. We help you define the work that is unapologetically you and then go get it. If you feel like you were meant for more and you're ready to make a change, keep listening. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. We spend a lot of time talking about working in your strengths on this podcast, but you may have found yourself wondering, why do strengths even matter? I guess it depends. Do you want to even enjoy your work? If so, Gallup has some amazing data that they have gathered from more than 34 million people that strongly suggest that people who have a ridiculously high awareness about themselves are more satisfied with their work and are happier. You might have even taken every assessment, personality test, and quiz out there only to find out that you're still in the same place. But in order to do work that you're great at and gets you excited, you have to understand what your strengths mean for you. It's the very first thing that we start with. We're not looking at jobs. We're not looking at resumes. We're not doing any of that stuff. We're figuring out who the heck are you? What makes you tick? Where do you shine, right? Because that's where your strengths are. Today, I am not actually your host. You've heard Kate and Cindy on the podcast in the past. So... Cindy has been in many roles on our team, and currently she's leading our team, but also she's been, for quite a period of time, the first person that people talk to when they decide they want help from HTYC. So, so many people have been able to meet Cindy, and she's wonderful. And joining that team, the same team that uh, that Cindy has been on, is Kate. And now... Kate's one of the first people that uh, that everybody gets to talk to. Both are phenomenal. You're in wonderful hands with them. They both have made many career changes throughout their entire life and have well over 20 plus years of experience. Everyone on the HTYC team takes strengths pretty seriously. We're always evaluating if each person on our team is working in their strengths and constantly learning more and more about how to make that better, easier, more effective. And continually moving people out of positions that don't fully leverage their strengths too. It's an ongoing process. It's not something that you do once and you're done. It is continuous day-by-day work. So often we'll use Clifton Strength Finder language and they break strengths down into 34 strengths and we're very focused on how we uniquely use them. Today, Kate and Cindy are going to go over how do you understand what your mix of top strengths means for you, particularly in Clifton Strengths terminology, and how you can use that insight to figure out what creates fulfilling work for you. All right, I'll let them take it from here. Hey, Kate, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Cindy? I am excellent. I am so excellent. Kate, what are we talking about today? Well, I think... We're going to talk about some really fun stuff today. I'm so excited because you and I love to talk about strengths. And that is what we're talking about today. You know, a while back we had that convo about 
how there's differences between your skills and your strengths. They're totally separate things. Pro tip, if you haven't heard that episode, go check it out. It is episode 475, Breaking Out of Your Career Funk by Digging Into Your Strengths. We had so much fun on that one that we wanted to do kind of a follow-up today. We'll put the link for that episode in the show notes, though, if you need to go find it. So I just wanted to start off, I guess, by talking about, again, a quick reminder that strengths are those things that you are innately or inherently good at. Like you can't help but being good at those things. Whereas skills are like the things that you've built over time, like learning how to fix the office copy machine because it breaks down every single day, right? Every time it loses its mind, you got to figure out how to fix it. So like over time, you could become like a genius, really skilled at, at fixing copy machines. On the other hand, you're just, you already have that within you. So we find that if you have a ridiculously high awareness of yourself, if you truly, truly, truly know yourself, you will be more satisfied in your work because you're going to figure out much easier what work will actually fit you versus trying to fit yourself into a role, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you said it, Kate. Strengths are things that are natural, right? We we cannot help but be good at them. Sometimes we'll do something for the first time and it'll come so easily. I'm like, whoa, that was so easy. And we can't really put our finger on why it comes so easily for us. So what we're going to talk about today is, is how you can become or start, right? You can start to become more self-aware because it's not mm-hmm. going to just happen, boom, in one day, right? So we're going to start by how do we understand how all of your experiences have helped and are going to continue to help nurture your strengths and the way that our own combination of strengths work together and how we can use those combinations specifically when it comes to finding meaningful work. It's funny. I just was talking to a lady on the phone the other day. She was so sweet and she could never figure out like she never understood that her strengths were something she was just great at. And then she also said, and many people that I've talked to relate with this, she said that she thought that since she was so good at something without trying that like it anybody must be able to be good at that, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like we forget to give ourselves kudos for the things that we're great at if we didn't like work really hard to get there, right? So just because your strengths come naturally, come easy to you, don't discount those. Your mix of strengths is going to be your mix. And those are super, super important things to dig into. So that's what we're going to keep talking about today. But You may have already taken assessment, Strengths Finder or another assessment, but no matter what type of assessment you've taken or how many you've taken, if you really, truly don't understand the results, that can just often lead us back to square one or give us even more questions than answers, right? Yeah, absolutely. I'll often talk with folks and they'll say, oh, I took this assessment and I got these words and I don't know what to do with them now, right? It's like, now what do I do with them? So there's a couple different things that will pop up after folks take these assessments. We're going to kind of want to talk about like how, what happens after you take an assessment and kind of what the most common issues that arise, right? So I think the first, the first thing is someone will take an assessment and the words are just not resonating. They don't Mm -hmm. see it. They're like, that Mm -hmm. is not me, right? I am not adaptable. I don't have empathy, right? They're (laughs) kind of just like looking at that word and they're like, I don't, they're just not resonating with it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And 
sometimes it is hard to get past the words, but you know, it's just a starting point to have those those strengths, those labels and that you feel like maybe don't fit, but you have to dig deeper. One thing that we often see when people come to a first-time conversation with us is they're like, I have my results and eh, maybe that's me, but I don't really see why, or I don't know how mm-hmm. to like talk about that in an interview or whatever. And it's because they truly don't have that deep, deep understanding. And I always say that by the time our coaches help you out to dig deep into your strengths, you're really going to know how to talk super smart about not only what you can do, but like who you are. I love that. I love it. Yeah. I'll hear the, yeah, I get, I get that's my strength, but how do I get paid for that? How do I, <laughs> how do I get money to do that? Right. So yep. again, it's kind of taking those words out of the context of just that one word, right? Co- coaches are really great at knowing which questions to ask mm-hmm. to kind of start to dig deeper and say, okay, where do you see it show up here? Where do you show it, see it show up there? Right. We hear it so often. People will say, okay, I, I kind of get it. I'm not really, I kind of get mm-hmm. it. Or they'll say, yes, I see that this may be my strength, but they are always associating it with something negative, mm-hmm. right? They're like, okay, yeah, I get that. But my responsibilities kind of bit me in the butt over and over. It's like, I just say yes to stuff because I'm responsible, right? That sort of thing. Have you, when you're talking to folks, Kate, do you do you hear them say stuff like that? Yeah, they interpret their strengths they like attach them to every fault they feel like they have in them instead of seeing them as like oh my gosh I'm really good at these things and I don't even try Mm -hmm. yeah or they'll look at it and they'll say yeah I'm using that strength but they've almost like put themselves in the box of where they've used that strength and if they're in a role friends if you're in a role that you don't like your strengths might still be showing up right right it doesn't mean that you want to be using your strengths in that way. I often tell folks strengths are the, it's the skeleton key, right? That yeah. helps us transcend those boxes we accidentally put ourselves in. That's why when we're working with clients, it's the very first thing that we start with. We're not looking at jobs. We're not looking at resumes. We're not doing any of that stuff. We're figuring out who the heck are you? What makes you tick? Where do you shine, right? Because that's where your strengths are. So you have to put it, into that perspective. It's it, when you hear folks on the podcast and you're thinking, how did they go from this industry doing mm-hmm. this job into this totally different industry? It's because of their strengths. Strengths are the, the key to getting people in and out of the places that they really want to be. Yeah. When I talk to people who never have done their strengths, right? And I'm trying to explain to them the benefits of doing their strengths. I'm like, if you're standing in front of a mirror, and you're looking at yourself and you just kind of see what's on the outside, right? Like just the surface level stuff, need to lose an inch here, need to lose a pound there, whatever. But when you do your strengths and you dig deep, deep, deep into those and what they mean to you, then you can look in the mirror and truly see the whole person, yes. not just what's on that on the surface level. So now what do they do, right? So we're telling them they need to go take an assessment. They don't even know what it is maybe, or they're like, whatever. What, what do they do now? Okay. So if if you've already taken an assessment, Dig your results back up. A lot of times also I'll talk to folks. I'm like, oh, have you ever taken Clifton, Enneagram, Myers-Briggs, any of those? They're like, oh yeah, yeah, years ago. And they just kind of took them and they just left them to the wayside, right? So find those results, go back to your results, 
and start to look at them in a different way. I think a lot of times, I know this, Kate, I know this. When folks take these assessments, it's usually in the capacity of, oh, their boss made them do or their company Mm -hmm. had them do it for personal development. So they're in that mindset of work, 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 right? So what we're trying to do, what HQIC is trying to do in general is tear down that barrier between work you and you, you, Mm -hmm. right? So I guess the other thing I would say is if you've taken one of these assessments, but you've taken it from like your work persona, scrap it and take that bad boy again, right? Because when you're taking these assessments, you should be taking them as just you as a normal person, you as a person, regular person, right? Because when we start to think about strengths and we really start to dive in, part of becoming self-aware isn't like, let me become self-aware of work, Cindy, right? Right. That is not what it's about. There's lots of different things that have, like we mentioned, have nurtured and have kind of made our strengths what they are today. So how we grew up, where we grew up, what we were exposed to, there's this intersection between all of our experiences and our strengths. Yep. Super important. I always tell people also do that when you're in a good mood. Don't be stressed out when you sit down and forget about work, push everything else aside and just chill out for a minute and enjoy the process because that's Mm -hmm. what's going to get you the best results. But, you know, those talents are naturally enduring. It's like, it's unlikely that your top themes will change really significantly over the course of your life. And we know because we've been doing ours, both of us have been doing ours for years. They may move a smidge, but depending on where you're leaning into some of them, but they're not really going to shift too far over time. No, for sure. Okay, Kate, I thought it would be really fun for us to play a game with our, well, I guess not a game, but we're going to show how our strengths have endured and how they have shown up from like all of time, from like little kidness, right? To now. So Kate, you know what my what my 2023 top five strengths are. Mm-hmm. Right. So a lot of times when when I'm talking with with people and they don't know what their unicorn is, right? They just don't know. Right. We talk a lot about unicorns. I'll default to the, what did you want to be when you grow up? Like when you were a kid, what did you want to be? And people are like, oh, that's silly, right? It could be anything. You and I chatted about this. I know what you wanted to be. And you know what I wanted to be when I was a kid. So let's see if, if, if in fact, our experiences and our history and our past resonate with our strengths today. So Kate, what did I tell you that I wanted to be when I was a kid? You wanted to be an actress. And I feel like I knew that in my heart before I even asked you the question that that was going to be the answer. Yes, I I did want to be an actress. More specifically, I wanted to be, I wanted to do improv. I wanted Mm. to do stage acting. Essentially, I wanted to be Carol Burnett. Like that was my (laughs) dream because I knew I couldn't sing, Kate. I mean, come on now, everybody hears me. I'm not a great singer and I'm not a great dancer, but I can joke sing and I can joke dance. So, okay. So let's see, when I was a little kid, wanted to be an actress. I did theater as a kid, right? So this is something, this is a, these are strengths that started getting nurtured when I was young because I did do plays when I was a kid. So let's, let's wrap it out. So Kate, what's my number one strength? Tell, tell everybody what my number one strength is. If anybody has met you, they know it's woo. (laughs) Okay. Winning others over. 
Yeah. One thing too, as we, we kind of talked about before with like the, these words aren't the be all end all, right? Like winning others over, first of all, I cannot just put that on a resume. Give me the jobs. I can win others over. Right. But it's about building rapport. Right. Mm -hmm. So Kate, when you think about little Cindy as an actress, how do you think my woo would show up? I think that you are one of those people that any single human could like resonate with because you are able to find those points of connection or whatever. So it's easy, easy for you to build rapport with people. I always make a joke that Cindy, if she's going to be on a conversation with, with a potential client, that she's just off to make a new best friend because that's what you do, right? Yeah. That's your woo. Yeah. So in essence, six-year-old Cindy on the stage, I have to win the audience over, Yeah. right? So from the time I was I think I did my first play. I know I did my first play when I was five years old and it was Senor Don Gato. That was the character that I played. I will remember that for my whole life. I will sing the song in private to you later on. Okay. Kate, what is my number two strength on my top, oh, of my top five? This is the one that I love and hate most about you <laughs> because sometimes I'm not ready to show up in this way, but you are. Positivity. Yeah. So positivity is about, it's be, it's about being an optimist, right? Mm -hmm. So if you think of me today, Kate, and you think of me as little little Carol Burnett on the stage, right? That positivity is is showing up. I didn't want to, I didn't want to be in like dramatic scenes, even to this day, I don't want to be in dramatic scenes, right? So that positivity, it's kind of like the comedian in me, if you will, if I can dare to call myself a comedian. Okay. What's my number three strength? My top five. This one's very clear too, if you've ever met Cindy. It's communication. So, okay. I think communication, and we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about my communication a little bit later on when we talk about combinations Mm -hmm. of strengths. But I think communication is one of those strengths where people will see that word and they're like, what does that mean? Right? Because it can mean a lot of different things. It can mean so many things. It can mean so many things. But I think at the core, communication is about words. This is where it's like, how do your words show up, right? We'll talk about that later. But on the stage, as a kid, I guess, words and communication are important, right? What do I have to do? I have to be clear. I have to be captivating. All of that sort of stuff, right? So I got to use that strength even as a little Mm -hmm. on the stage. Okay, what's my number four strength? Activator. I always call activator my ADHD strength. Because it's the like jump before you look is the way I look at it, but it's about taking action. So if you were to think about me as a kid, where would you see Activator showing up as like a theater kid? I would see you in the lead role, (laughs) center stage, just like putting yourself all the way out there. Yeah, for sure. I think part of what has helped nurture that activator in me throughout the years is you don't get every part you audition for, right? Even when you're a kid, there were no, there's no like uh, participation roles a lot of the times, right? When you're thinking about doing plays. So as a kid, I told no on a regular basis because you're not going to get every part. But if you wanted to get any parts, you had to keep going out and auditioning, 
right? You had to keep trying out. So I think that helped to nurture that activator in me because I wasn't afraid to hear no and I wasn't afraid to keep going out there, right? Okay, Mm -hmm. so this one I think is tricky. I don't know, maybe let's see if we can tie it in. What's my number five on my top five strength? Strategic. Okay, how do you think strategic would show up in theater, Kate? Because I really, I struggled a little bit with this. So I feel like, for you, strategic is like you love the stage and and like the show must always go on, right? Like probably no matter what happens, you'll figure it out. Yes. Oh, that makes me think of a funny story. So we did Lil Abner as our um, musical when I was in 11th grade and I was playing Mammy Yoakum. And I remember Mr. Wen, our choir director said, because we were very serious about theater, we weren't supposed to go to our classes that day, right? We needed to focus. And I said, Mr. Wen, I have a lab in chem. Like, I got to go to chemistry. Like, I got to go to AP chemistry. My lab partner's there. And, you know, just the way it is, Kate, we were blowing glass with the beakers. And I busted one and cut my hand open. And then then my stepmom had to come and take me to the emergency room. And I remember I was like, I have to run into the theater and tell Mr. Wen. And it was like opening night. And I was like, Mr. Wen, I got to go get some stitches and I will be right back. And I remember we like had to strategically bandage on my hand and they made me wear these like weird old lady gloves that were not part of my costume to cover on my stitches. <laughs> so yeah, it's absolutely strategic. You got to keep going, right? That's um, right. So, okay. So I feel like a lot of like those strengths that I've had now, right? Obviously these are my 2023, right? My 44 year old version of my strengths. And over time, like from the time I was a kid, I've been using and nurturing at least these parts of my strengths because mm-hmm. these are the ones that keep showing up over and over and over again in lots of different ways, right? Yeah. We always say, you know, when when you really get into these and you take a mental inventory of these strengths, then you can start to be mindful of where you're seeing them show up mm-hmm. and where you've used them in the past. So really giving you clarity on like maybe why these are your strengths. Yeah, for sure. So be on the lookout, friends, for all of those little sparks, right? I feel like when you're in your strengths, you get that little like little jolt and you're like, ooh, I like this, Mm -hmm. right? That's what you got to start paying attention to. Okay, so we talked about how our experiences, specifically mine as a child, have nurtured our strengths. Kate, what about when we talk about that, that combination of how our strengths work together? Yeah. Yeah. It's important to not just know like each strength and what each of those mean to you, but really it's, it unlo- it's like leveling up when you know how when to understand like what those mix of strengths mean to you and how to use that insight to learn what would equate to meaningful work for you, right? Because when you know way more about yourself than more about what you want from the world, right? So that Clifton Insight Report, it shows you in black and white how those strengths work together and um, this is the best cheat code, right? To really start digging into your strengths. Yeah. So you're going to be the, now I'm going to pick on you, Kate. <laughs> <laughs> As we picked on me for being a, a, a child star, I guess. So last time we chatted, we talked a little bit about how you use your strengths when you're helping with bringing new folks on board to the team, right? So. Mm-hmm. I want to kind of talk about how your strengths show up in different ways and in a combination of ways, right? Because I think one thing that's really important to know about strengths is your strengths are always 
kind of playing in the sandbox together. Mm -hmm. So sometimes one strength will kick in to offset or balance out another strength. It's like the force, right? There's got to be balance in the force. And we often talk about the shadow side of strengths, right? Kate, tell tell everybody what the shadow, tell them about the shadow side of strengths. I don't know if we've talked about that. And that's like- I don't know. I feel like you're you're better explaining it, but I always think about it as the dark side or (laughs) of your strengths, like the- the thing that can make it almost work against you, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I was gobsmacked. I don't know if I've ever used that word before. (laughs) I was gobsmacked to find out that our strengths and our so-called weaknesses, even though I don't believe in weaknesses, but anyway, Mm -hmm. our strengths and our weaknesses are the same, right? So it doesn't mean the opposite of each strength. But it means what happens when that strength goes too far or Mm -hmm. like when we hear folks saying, oh, I associate my X strength with this thing I really, really hate doing, right? Or it can be what's the worst perception that somebody with a strength that's way on the other end of the spectrum would have, right? So that's when we start to think about if our shadow side of our strength is the most extreme negative version of that strength, that's where having different strengths in your top five are going to start to offset, right? So mm-hmm. really great example of this is your number one strength. And what I admire the most about you, Kate, is your empathy, right? Mm-hmm. So when you think about empathy, what could potentially be a shadow side of empathy? Oh, it gets tiring, right? Because you like you want to empathize with every single creature and human that you meet. Oh my gosh, don't even get me started if we see an animal in the road that's been hurt, right? Like Mm -hmm. the empathy is strong here. And you can often, when you have like a deep sense of empathy for people, you can really take on those feelings and it can start to affect you if you let it go too far, right? Yes. Not only can it affect you, but It could also, if you're on a team, it can start to hinder the progress of the team, right? Mm -hmm. Because as an empathizer, you sense those emotions, you understand people's feelings, and you don't Mm -hmm. want them to have hurt feelings. Yep. And then here's where some of your strengths come in to make sure that that doesn't happen, right? So your second strength on your list is responsibility. Mm -hmm. Responsibility is all about commitment. You do what you say you're going to do, right? One of your other strengths that's in your top five is achiever. What is achiever about, Kate? (laughs) Getting it done. Yes, right? So you're still going to understand people's feelings. You're still going to sense their emotions. Yep. And you're going to keep to the commitments and you're going to still make things happen, right? Absolutely. One of the ways that you're going to keep things moving is your number three strength, which is input. Tell me what input's about. Oh, Input. So we talked about what you wanted to be as a kid, yeah. right? Yeah. I wanted to be, 10-year-old <laughs> me wanted to be an architect. My cousin yeah. and I both actually wanted to be architects. Shout out to Nathan, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> we laid around on the floor with giant pieces of paper and drew houses, right? So <laughs> I was always collecting information, thinking I was going to be an architect. I was de- devouring anything in the encyclopedia that I could find about what architects do, how you how to be an architect. We didn't have the internet. 
when I was a, a little, but so you had to kind of soak things up from around your world. Yeah. You know, today that looks like still books and, and Wikipedia instead of encyclopedia, but the internet and spreadsheets. Like I, I'm the queen of spreadsheets, right? I like to collect as much information for a thing that I can collect so that you have all the options and the knowledge, right? I once did a, a travel spreadsheet. Oh, I guess it was last fall, right? This is a funny story. I was doing a spreadsheet for mine and my husband's anniversary trip. Of course and you were. I did. And then Cindy says, says, hey, we're getting ready to go to New York City. Send me your travel spreadsheet so I can kind of like set up our, our travel and see what you've done. And then she comes back to me and she says, why does this thing have 12 tabs? I'm like, because I have input, right? I yeah. want to know all the things, yep. collect all the information because you don't know when you might need it. Yeah. Right. And I think that if we tied it together, because we're going to keep interweaving these strengths, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Not only do I, I find folks that have input, you guys don't just collect information and data, but you collect, I don't want to say relationships, but mm -hmm. you have a way of connecting with people, yep. right? But the, the magical thing about people with input is you guys remember stuff. I was talking, I was talking to a gal, the other, yeah, I was talking to a gal the other day and she wasn't really seeing input, right? It was one of those situations where she said, I don't really see how this shows up. And as we were having our conversation, she said that when she has friends or people that she hasn't seen in a while, she's really good at remembering if something about them has changed mm -hmm. their face, something, something that's a little bit different. Right. And I said, that's where your input is, is showing up because yep. I remember people's faces, right? Like I'm not collecting all of that sort of thing, but that's what she's collecting about people. That's how she is going to remember them for later. Right. Yep. So the intent behind input is I'm going to kind of stash this away like a little squirrel because I don't know when I'm going to need that information later on. Right. When right. you're when your empathy starts to kick in and you're sensing emotions, you also remember things about that person yep. that you learned from them before. So you're able to bring that back out, right? And for the sake of all the things that you do, a lot of times what, what your role, Kate, is that I see in not as just as a, as a team member, but also as my friend, <laughs> right? Because like, <laughs> we are friends, is you're really great at being able to find the potential in something and mm -hmm. help someone get something done. I'm a really great starter. That's what activators are about, yep. right? That's yep. what activators are about. Achievers are going to accomplish it, right? Yep. So I know I'm really great at getting started, but I can lean on Kate a little bit, not too much. I'm not trying to take advantage of your empathy, right? But I'm going to lean on you a little bit because I know that you have input and you have achiever and you're going to be able to see where's the best place for this to grow. Right. right. How do we so, take action? How do we finish out the process? What does it absolutely. look like? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So I see kind of all around, Kate, where you're you're kind of pivoting on each of your strengths, right? Mm -hmm. So, okay, I was going to use this as an example. I had it in my head and you were talking about your spreadsheet for uh, your and Kevin's trip. But one of the things that you run on our team is when we do our in-persons, right? When we do our mm -hmm. in-person team meetings, you take care of every single aspect of travel and planning for everyone on the team, 
I right? love it so much. <laughs> I know you do, right? And I like sometimes I'll look at the sheets and I'm like, nope, right? But I think that that's a really great example. And it it seems like a small thing, right? But it's so important mm-hmm. that you said, I love it. As soon as I said, you were right. like, I love it, right? So what I see, obviously, is part of what you do when you're doing that is you are helping to determine what's the agenda, what are we focusing on, right? Mm-hmm. What can we focus on? So that's where developers is, is showing up because you're saying, how can we incorporate things that we can use to grow as 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 a team, right? Like team building mm-hmm. and as an organization. Obviously, we got to get this stuff done, right? So you're so good at timing things out. You know how long it's going to take. Yep. You know where to put things, you know where to put breaks. <laughs> like you know how to do it without killing everyone, which is again, where your empathy starts to come in. You know what yeah. we think is fun. You know what we think is going to be boring. You're, you're taking everybody into account. So there could be 10 of us coming, but you're going to try to look at this whole planning from everybody's perspective, right? Right. Right. Obviously, responsibility is coming in because there's deadlines. Like you got to get airlines mm-hmm. booked, you got to get Airbnbs booked, you got to get all that stuff booked. And in order to get all of those things booked, you got to collect and gather the input. Oh yeah, your input, right? That's so the best even, part. Yeah. So even when you think about one component, like and that is like an inkling of what Kate Wilkes does on this team, right? <laughs> but it's something that you enjoy, and it's a mm-hmm. place where all of your strengths are showing up. So again, when you're working within your strengths, you can, you can feel it, right? You can can, feel it. Yes. You can, you can a hundred percent feel it. I can walk out of this office at the end of the day with a smile on my face and I can know exactly which strengths I was living in Mm -hmm. today to make me feel good. And when you know that you will never settle for less than that again. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Your, your strengths are like your hype. I feel like. Yeah, so yeah. anytime someone comes into this process of career change, they come to talk to us, or e- even if they don't want to change careers, they just want to know more about themselves. It's so hard for me to, to try to articulate the difference between starting off and not really understanding what your strengths are, and then getting to that point where you see them, you recognize them, you anticipate them, you know how to nurture them. And almost more importantly, you know how to talk about them, right? Right. I was telling somebody the other day, by the time you come through this career change journey working with us, it was a client, a brand new client. I said, you're going to feel so much smarter in interviews because they had said, I don't really know how to talk about myself in interviews. And I said, you're going to know how to talk about yourself, your strengths, what you bring, what you're good at, what you love doing by the time this process is over. So I always tell everybody, go do, even if you're not trying to immediately make a career change, go do those strengths, do the thing. And if you have, go back to those results, right? And and reread them again and dig deeper into them. Fun fact, 95 99 maybe percent of our resources are free. We're going to drop a link in the description. It's happenyourcareer.com slash resources. You can find a link there to go take the top five Clifton strengths assessment. You can find some other resources in there as well. We've got some other good podcast stuff, but we will drop all those links in the description. But if you're ready to chat, if you want to, whether you've done your strengths or not, whether you're confused about them or you've already done them and you just realize, oh my gosh, I am not working within them. Just if you're ready to chat with us and we can talk about how we can help you make a career change, we're going to drop that link 
to schedule in the description as well. And we love to get on calls with people, Cindy and I both, to talk about how can we help you. Yeah. I love it. Kate, this has been so fun. As always. always <laughs> as as always. always. One fun note, Cindy and I have strengths that are very opposite right? Mm -hmm. So find yourself a work bestie who has strengths that are the opposite of yours and you will work wonderfully together. What she doesn't have, I bring. What I don't have, she brings. And that's really important that we know our strengths so that when we're collaborating, you can really make the best of a project because you could have so many good strengths combined. I love that you said that, Kate. And I think for our leaders out there, Think about your teams and think about their strengths and think about how you build your team with the right people, with the right strengths, because they're going to bring it. Here's a sneak peek into what we have coming up in store for you next week. I was always doing that when I was not at work. When I would leave work, I would either be going to teach a class or going to take a class. My life very much revolved around fitness. We all have a place where we feel comfortable and natural in our actions, where we're excited about life and happy to be ourselves. But what if you could feel like that all the time, even when you're working? I've heard people say, I feel like I have to be a different person at work, or I feel like I'm living two different lives. Many times throughout my years working in HR operations and interacting with clients at HQIC, uh, I've heard this over and over again. Well, it turns out work doesn't have to be this way. To thrive at work, you must first figure out where you feel most like yourself and where you can be more of who you want to become. All that and plenty more next week right here on Happen to Your Career. Make sure that you don't miss it. And if you haven't already, click subscribe on your podcast player so that you can download this podcast in your sleep and you get it automatically. Even the bonus episodes every single week, sometimes multiple times a week. Until next week, adios. I'm out. Adios.